Welcome to Changing the Sales Game on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know, I'm happy that you're joining us today. As you listen to the show, wherever you are on your journey of business, sales, career, doesn't matter, you fill in the blank. I truly hope that my guests and I inspire you to take action and create change. To help you on your journey of changing your sales game, uh, in the notes, show notes, you'll find my uh, communication style assessment, my gift to you. Two reports will come after you take the little quiz. One, spotlight your natural communication superpowers. It's basically how your message lands when you communicate without any modification. Important to know. Secondary report, this one is, I feel a little more important, is your lowest score, which is traditionally or typically a blind spot in how we communicate. So to be understanding that, so when you communicate with those that communicate 180 degrees different than you, How's your message landing? Kind of want to know that so that we can pivot and and really uh, modify our style to uh, leverage the communication that I'm trying to have with the client, boss, whoever it is in your world. So my gift to you in the show notes. Now, my quote today is by Johan Wolfgang. And Johan says, knowledge is not enough. We must apply. Wishing is not enough. We must do. Now, I really, I just love that quote. Have you met me? I'm all about taking the action. So everything when I started my business was analog. So yeah, there was no internet, social media. We didn't even know what that meant, right? So how many times, how much has changed over, uh, you know, the, the past time that I've been, have my career, but also being in business for 24 years. Now, looking back, the learning curve for me using that social media, email campaigns, other digital resources out there. It was like a foreign freaking language. So since this is not my zone of genius, I stay in my lane with what I know, sales. So like many of you, I had to find experts to go to help me grow with this digital presence thing that everybody was talking about. Now, I love learning and using the various ways to get exposure so that I can help more people serve bigger, all of those things. So tell me when I started doing the social media, I felt like it was magic on people reaching out to me and getting to know me super quickly. Pretty cool stuff. So who is my guest today? Well, she is the amazing Jenna Warner. Now, Jenna is a marketing coach, social media management agency owner, and the uh, and the Shiny New Clients podcast host. Um, through her program, Magic Marketing Machine, she simplifies Instagram marketing. She teaches small business owners and freelancers how to create gorgeous and sustainable online presence and turn their followers into clients. Sign me up every time, man. Help me welcome Jenna. Thanks for being on, kiddo. Oh, thanks for having me. You know, it's funny. You're talking about how different everything is now that social media exists, but like social media is so different than it was two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, right. (laughs) A lot of people tell me it changes so quickly. Well, especially with the AI coming out now, it, like Pandora's box has been opened, Jenna. So all of a sudden, the the AI is taking on almost a life of its own. My kids tease at dinner every night. They go, Ma, we're in the Matrix. <laughs> we're not in the Matrix, you conspiracy theorists over there. But it changes rapidly. And if you remember, I, re- I remember uh, watching a news episode. It was like 1983 or something. And the two broadcasts were saying, yeah, Internet, not sure what it is. It's hysterical. You Google it. You can Google and watch it. It's hysterical because their haircuts and their suits are dated, but they're talking about the internet like you think it's around to stay. It's just 
we don't know what we don't know. And then, like you said, every two weeks, the change is exponential. So we need experts like you because, and this is the truth, Jenna, and I know business owners and and even my corporate clients um, that I work with, we know what we know. We don't have time with the social media stuff. So we do need experts like you to even give us guidance. So you have a ton of resources, which we're going to talk about throughout the show and, and give at the end. But my first question is, how the heck did you, because you're young, right? How did you get into this? Yeah, I didn't mean to. It was an accident. <laughs> um, well, basically, I was an actor and a bartender, and I went to school for a musical theater. And I think I just had an inherent ability to understand entertainment industry and like PR and how we come across. And that segued into marketing really well. So I understand marketing on a deep level, which is one of the things that makes me a little different than most social media people, because as much as everything changes, the buttons change, the trends change, how Mm. you film a piece of content changes, but the marketing stays the same, right? Mm. The marketing psychology, that stuff stays the same. And that's why someone like you with your knowledge could slide into Instagram and just slay, you know, oh my gosh, I can hear my... my young terminology already. Um, but anyway, I'm pretty hip there, kiddo. No, I know. I know. (laughs) Teasing you. So I, um, when you're an actor, everyone always says, make your own work, make your own work. Like that's the only way you can kind of control your career because your career is at the whim of casting and other people creating movies and casting, whatever. Right. So I wrote a show with a friend and we went to tour it across Across the country, but it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Like we were, uh, I was paying for the whole thing with bartending money. We were doing these shows. Not a lot of people were coming. I'd be in a house with like a hundred seats and there's 16 people sitting there. Like it wasn't super successful. Heartbreaking. Yeah. And I actually flew home between two cities to bartend for a weekend to make enough money to pay for a hostel to sleep in, in the next city, you know? So then when I got back to Toronto, which is where I was from, two people inside one week both said, congratulations on your success. And I was like, what? Kel's success. What success are we talking about here? So it led me kind of into an existential crisis because I was like, how come everybody thinks I did so good when I was like struggling? And so I realized what it was, was after, you know, I thought about it, um, I got myself a lot of press on the road and a lot of social media content. I got myself on the cover of the art section of the Edmonton Journal, which is pretty big up here in Canada. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, some breakfast television, like lots of guest spots on other shows and cabarets. Like I was busy, but that wasn't um, turning into ticket sales because no one knew me in those places. So that's sort of their first touch point with me didn't mm. convert into a ticket sale. But then when I I got back to where I lived, where everyone knew me and all they had seen was that perception online. They thought that I'd been a success. So I got fascinated by that. And although I never saw myself leaving acting, I thought that that would have been my, you know, my path since I was nine years old, but I was fascinated by this. And I was like, maybe I should be a publicist. And I started investigating that. And then I learned about digital marketing. And then I started getting into that. And I was still resisting it, but I was volunteering at a yoga studio and the owner forced me to take over the social media. I said no a hundred times and he just kept, I had like shown him how Instagram worked once, just like showing him the buttons before I had like really learned everything that I was learning at the time. He forced me to take it over. I charged him 300 bucks a month to run his entire presence, like do like branding, two different platforms. I And then I started having the time of my life, Connie. 
Like I was loving it. So I was like getting like borrowing lighting equipment from people, getting on the bus, traveling across the city with all of these lights and then telling influencers to meet me at the yoga studio and doing photo shoots for them in exchange for like shout outs on their accounts. Um, I'm like running contests on Instagram. I've got like a, you know, a sign on the front desk, like follow us for 10% off or whatever. Like I was just loving it. And then I went to the bar that I worked at and I said, Hey, can I run yours too for another 300 bucks a month? If you're following, I'm still living in a cockroachy one, like one room apartment. We all started somewhere. (laughs) Right. And I've got like hand me down, a hand me down computer. And I'm just, you know, and then I blew that social media up and I started being just really good at it. And then I started, and then I just, it, it went from there. It went and went and went. And that was seven years ago. So, you know, it's fascinating. Couple of things. So it's funny how, or what we should be doing, because this is what you should be doing. Find you. Sales was the same thing. I had no intention of getting into sales. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're doing something and, and everybody was like, you're going to get into sales, right? And I was like, I don't know anything about sales. And they're like, what do you think you've been teaching us? So it was just so, so, right? The same thing. And I was like, I don't know, maybe there's something here. It's kind of fun, right? So you pursue it. You go down that road. So isn't it interesting? Your purpose does find you. And I, I think people who feel stagnated are listening to the show right now. That was such a great story. And, and, and then here's the part two to that. It's funny how you did the acting and that. That was your education from nine years old. Oh, yes, I'm going to be on this on this big screen and all of that, all that glamorous. Then you get on the road and you're like, okay, this really kind of sucks. And yet the perception becomes our reality with our clients as well. So the perception when you got home was, oh my gosh, she's this huge overnight success. Meanwhile, you felt like you were an utter failure, not the case. So there is no such thing as an overnight success, by the way, everybody, right? It takes time for you to get the legs and the momentum. And that's what you did. And then you just kept doubling down, gaining the experience, right? The tactical experience to be able to do but at the core, your purpose and zone of genius is your creativity. And that's why you fell into this, right? You kind of found it or it found you, but you became really good fast because it, it's really your purpose, right? It's that creative juice just that you can make it um, relevant to what's happening currently um, for businesses, et cetera, and you're making money off it. That's how small businesses win. So I just love it. I love that story. Um, it's just cool stuff. And then, you know, the guy bugging you and you're like, will you leave me alone? And then you finally buckle and then, ma'am, new bit, you know, bam, a new business yeah. is made. Well, so I just love wonder, it. You almost wonder if some voice was saying to him, no, get Jenna to do your social. Right. Like, I don't know how like tapped in this guy was, but I'm really, I'm really glad that he really forced me, like truly yeah. forced me. Yeah, he was um, aggressive. Thank and goodness. Just this weekend, one of my friends who's still, you know, struggling in this actor world, because it is a hard world to exist in, yeah. said, so you don't miss it at all? Like, you don't miss it? I'm like, dude, two weeks ago, I was in Long Beach, California, in a room with 400 people there to listen to me teach them about social media and a technician clipping a lav mic onto my lapel and filming the whole thing. And I got to make them laugh and actually have an impact on their lives it's the same thing. Like I didn't actually leave, like, you know, the parts funny? I liked about it, I took with me. Yep. Just, it's, it's just a different path. It's, it's right. The same thing. Just fascinating. I love to hear how businesses come to be, right? Because I know it found me just like it found you. So that's just really cool. All right. Next question. 
social media in my mind years ago, and not, not anymore, right? Cause I've educated myself, but I think a lot of people look at Instagram, especially and think that's for the kids. So do you think there's value in being a creator or business owner on social media if you're middle aged and over, or do you like stand out and it looks weird? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so if you just drove by McDonald's, you'd be like, oh, look, a giant play structure. And they're talking about these happy meals and you're getting toys with your purchase. And we, it's pretty easy to go, oh, that's for the kids. But we know that the target demographic for that chain is literally all ages. Right. And it's gotten to the point where there are billions of people going. And when you have billions of people with an empire that enormous, you're going to have all kinds. And that's the same thing with social media. There are billions of people on that platform. So you have people from all walks of life, every corner of the world, every age, every demographic. It is so big that everyone is there. Like my target, most of my followers are, the last time I checked my insights, they're like 35 to 45. Like that's my audience of people who are following me predominantly. It's definitely not for the kids. Not exclusively for the kids. Right. That's fascinating. So when a lot of us, you know, log into Instagram, typically I think it's used for the kids. Like my kids are always on Instagram and they, you know, keep me up to speed on what the cousins are doing and stuff like that. How does that change going from that kind of personal touch to that business touch? Is there a big shift? Yeah. So, uh, so I want to call attention to how the newsfeed works, like how your, your feed of what you're seeing works, because everyone has these different perceptions of what the social media platforms are all about. But you, we all need to understand that what we see is completely curated to us. So if I opened my husband's phone, I'm going to see golf pros and hockey stats. And feel like, oh, I guess Instagram is about sports. And then if you open my phone, you are only going to see small businesses and social media managers. And if you open my aunt's phone, you're going to see all the cousins and baby pictures. So it's super hyper curated what you're already interacting with. Is that dangerous, though? Does that... Does that make us more narrow minded because we're not exposed or that's a good thing, especially for businesses, because we're, we can drill way down into our target market? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, what, why I wanted to say it, because it is dangerous because we get into these little bubbles, right? And then we can believe, I mean, on a broader thing politically, that's where we get into trouble where people think one opinion is the opinion, but it's because the algorithms are just showing you that one opinion. But Uh. people will say things to me like, well, all my friends say that that views are down on their reels too. And, and then we have people that have these beliefs that start formulating in their heads about, oh, I guess engagement is down because I'm in a Facebook group and they said engagement is down. But it's again, we have billions of users. We have all different industries. We have all different walks of life. That is just the opinion of one pocket. So, I mean, I talk to business owners every day who are frustrated. A lot of people come to me when they're frustrated on Instagram. And then we figure out how to break free from that, which usually just means honing in on who your idol client is using various tactics to get their attention through your content. Or sometimes people come to me because they're really empowered. They have all these views and they just want to get more sales off of those views. Or sometimes people come to me just because they want to be faster and better at all the things. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Different reasons for different people, but isn't that interesting? And it's funny. um, I, 
this is hysterical, Jenna. I, it's got to be 10 years now. I just don't watch the news anymore. I'll watch headlines to see if there's a plane crash or something, you know, that I need to know about from a, a you know, a current events perspective. But the day to day media, I was getting so angry all the time and it, it, it felt so gross to me. And I remember I was screaming at the TV seriously. And my husband looked over at me and he goes, I think we like a kid. I think we need to ban you from TV. I said, that's I'm unplugging. I'm never, I am never watching the news again because it, I was angry. I would, so I'd go to bed angry every night. It doesn't feel good. So it's dangerous because when like I'm on LinkedIn a lot. So that, whatever that algorithm is, things pop up for me that are um, of interest. So nothing political ever posts on my Facebook or my LinkedIn page because I just, I don't ever, I never click on that because I don't want to know other people's opinion. I'll do my own research and I'll form my own opinion because everybody's opinion out there is crazy in my my world. And so this is, I don't know, I don't, haven't seen, you know, the formal statement to say that this is true, but my understanding as someone who works in social media and what I have been led to believe is LinkedIn is a little different because they still have humans curating some of the content. Yeah, that's Whereas probably true. Yeah. If you're over on TikTok or Instagram, uh, it's all, it's all, it's all robots that are basically curating the content. And so the more people that touch a post, the more people it's shown to. So if you want more people seeing your content, how you can make that happen is figure out ways to get people to touch it. So let's just give everyone a little nugget that they can take and use today. So if you post a photo on Instagram, let's say, it doesn't really give me a lot of reason to touch it, right? I might double tap it to like it if I like it. If I have a question about it, maybe I will write a comment and ask a question. But other than that, there's no real reason for me to touch it, which means the algorithm doesn't get that little ping, that little indicator. Hey, let's show this to more people because people are interacting with it. So one of the best ways to get more people seeing your content is just design it to be touched. So Instead of posting a photo, maybe we post three photos so that the user swipes through them and then they're touching the screen. Maybe the first line of the caption is like a hook, like a headline. And that makes people click read more to read the rest of the caption to make it drop down so they can see the rest. Or maybe we say, share this with your best friend. And we give them a really clear call to action on how they can interact with the post. Suddenly, more people are touching the post. The algorithm sees that. The algorithm sends it to more people. Is is has this changed? Um, be, like Facebook, right? They they were kind of the originals with the liking, the thumbs up, and all that to get the impressions, etc. It is Instagram even more refined than that. It, follow my question. Yeah. Well, on Facebook. It's a little bit harder typically to get seen by new people, right? Because you have your friends and then you're seeing a list of your friends, but over you're not over. getting served uh, content from strangers. But then once you get into business pages and groups, then it's easier to get into to expand your network into other people. But on Instagram or TikTok, you have the discover page or the for you page, and you can be seeing content that's from other people, which means other people who don't know you yet can be served your content when your content is really successful. So Mm. it's a little bit easier to exponentially grow. I would consider Facebook Mm. like it's more of a nurturing platform for the people who already know you exist. But the other two platforms and LinkedIn are easier to get discovered on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Uh, my LinkedIn grows. Uh, it was so cute. I, cause you know, I teach business development, sales, all of that. And I was teaching a business development class. And so I use my example of LinkedIn. I'm like, you have to refine your LinkedIn profile. People are checking you out. Clients, you want to ask them to join you on LinkedIn so they could see your posts, see that you're a thought leader, see you're relevant, all those things, right? Prove who you are. And so I had a screenshot of my, you know, my headshot and everything and whatever, 6,000 followers or something. Somebody in the room said, you have 6,000 followers? I, I was like, oh, I don't know. That slides from a couple of months ago, right? And I looked and I go, oh, yeah, I guess I do. I don't even pay attention to it. They were so impressed by that. I, it made me giggle, Jen. I was like, all right, you're easy to please in this classroom. <laughs> you're so famous. I'm so fa- That's how they looked. At- but see, it goes back to what you said before. The perception in Toronto when you got home was that your cruise across the country was this epic success. And you're thinking, like, what did I miss? I was there. And it's perception becomes reality. So this is just another way to shine a light from a different angle, if you will, to spotlight whatever your zone of genius is or whatever business you're in or how you can serve for me, right? How can I serve the client and make more sales for whoever I'm teaching the sales to? It just, it's so, see, it's so fascinating to me. Because remember, I was that long. So this is so fun uh, because we get to meet people we never, I would never have met you. Ever. If we didn't have Zoom and the, the internet and the social media, you and I would never have met, right? We're in two different countries um, at this point. I want to go back. You were mentioning content. So let's dig a little bit with that because people are going, yeah, okay, I understand. Post, picture, headline, get people to click, call to action. All right, I get all of that. How do I create the content or what should I be posting um, so that I get that business flavor? Because this we're talking to business owners, right? Or, or people who are in career looking to uh, make a bigger impact. So how do we do that from a business perspective? Okay. So I think one of the oldest terms that we can use here is content marketing. So if you wrote a blog, the goal would be to get someone entertained enough to read through that whole blog, which means you're not opening it with a sales pitch, right? Then it's going to be an ad. So it's content marketing. It's creating stuff that people want to watch and want to interact with that inadvertently is building your business and leading to sales. But one of the biggest mistakes people make on these platforms is they go, well, I'm on here to make sales, so I'll just post what is extensively ads. Like they just go on and create ads. So we don't want to do that. Mm. We want to entertain our followers. So there's three types of content that you need to have in order to get clients from your social media. You need growth content, nurture content, and then the sales content. And when I teach, I lean hard into growth and nurture because typically the sales comes like easier to people. And then, you know, they can, we can make that and then we can obviously make it better and improve it. But that part is the part that people just immediately go to make. And what they're missing usually is growth and nurture. So think of growth as like, Anything that gets an emotional reaction. So the stuff that you would share to your group chat, right? Like your WhatsApp chat with your friends. You're like, look at this meme. It's so funny. Or look at this thoughtful post or look at this post that made me go, ah, or wow. Like stuff that makes people feel something that they want to share, that makes them think that they want to interact with, but it's not selling to them. Then we have nurture content. So, and think about your week as in you're posting all three of these things every week. 
So then your nurture content is not necessarily to attract new eyeballs. It's just to really connect with the people who you have, show that you're an expert and and validate them and speak to their needs. So that might be a how-to post where you teach something or um, might be... I I say this every day and yet I'm at a loss, but it's something that's like a little bit more juicy. It speaks to something that is a little bit deeper. It might be a really long caption. Like we don't expect a stranger to read a really long caption, but someone who's warming up to you and considering working with you would. And then we have the sales content. So then when every single week you're posting all of these these things, you're attracting new people, warming them up, and then they're perceptive when they see that sales content. Do you find on Instagram that the uh, sales piece of it, when you get to that, is is lower price point items, and then the growth is now I buy whatever your low price point is, but now you're, you're continuing to nurture, prove to me that your stuff works, and then we we escalate up into the higher uh, sales. I don't even, I don't even think it's that that's necessary. Like a lot of the people that I work with don't have really intense funnels. Like they don't have a product suite, they might just have one service. So $1,000 service or $100 service or whatever. And in that case, we don't need to warm them up with like a intro offer or a door crasher or whatever. Usually the people that I work with have one freebie and then their main stuff. And again, it doesn't matter what the price point is. Like if you have a business that sells a high ticket service, you can have that business on Instagram. You don't need to lower your prices or offer a low ticket thing just because you're on that platform because we've got billions of people here to serve. Interesting. I guess the idea, right, is building that no like trust factor. And I think on Instagram, it almost sounds like you can do that pretty darn quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, think of it like if you're, we could also think of it like you're at a networking event and you don't just go in and pitch, right? You go in and you tell your party story that always makes people laugh. And then the follower, that person you're talking to, like asks you a question about your area of expertise. And then they see your eyes light up and really hone in and you answer it really intelligently. And then that that person's really impressed. And then they ask for your business card. So you kind of want your, your content to be doing all of those things every week, forever and ever. If you don't have growth content, you're going to be nurturing and selling and then eventually run out of people to sell to because you're not mm, growing. Absolutely. If you don't have nurture content, you grow, your sales pitches fall flat. If you don't have sales content, which a lot of people do because they're scared, <laughs> they're growing and nurturing and growing and nurturing and not making any money. Absolutely. So they all work together. Yeah. It's funny because I tell people, listen, the marketing and the lead gen piece funnels and all that. I understand it. And I could tell you this, this is not right. I could tell you what's wrong with it. I am not the one to go in and correct it. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. And I don't want to even learn because it's not my zone of genius. But once you get that piece in, that's why I like work, working with marketing people because they help with that piece of it, right? That lead gen, that ner- all the things, growth, nurturing. And then when it gets to the sales, now how do we, how do we close, right? And in my world, you should be closing eight out of 10 clients. The other two usually that you're talking to, they think you're the right fit and ultimately they're not the right fit. So that's that 80 percent close ratio. But I'm not going to help you with the lead gen because that's just not my zone of genius. So I hand that kind of stuff off because I, I do believe we have to stay in our lane. And I see all the time, you know, you have marketing people, they go, oh, I'm really good in sales. And then I see them like on a networking event and I think, oh my God, that is like the worst 
value statement I've ever heard. They just rambled on and on, but they're brilliant with marketing and copy. They just can't translate it when they're live with the client, right? So know where you're glitching because then understand what expert you need. I'm not lead gen. I'm making the sale. You're lead gen and, 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 and you're teeing up for the sale to happen with ease. That's really what you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because where the sales happen, like that sales post is still taking them to the next step. So if the next step is book a sales call, cool. If the next step is get into the DMs and then we call it social selling, but like closing the the lead through chatting in the DMs, there's there's that. Or if the next step is is selling them your freebie because then they're in your email list, then the next step is there. Right. So I know how to do that. We talk about it. I talk about it a bit, but I, I really like the analogy of teeing up the sale. Yeah, that's you and you're making it super easy because by the time you start having the sales conversation, that person is already looking at you as the expert thinking, Oh, she's got what I need. But now you have to go and shine and show and customize for where that client is. And that's where I find a lot of my clients mess up is they, I have a product and I'm going to push it on you instead of saying, Whoa, you're not the right person. Right. And, and this is why, but you really need to meet my friend Jenna you really have a lead gen problem, right? Or whatever it is. And, and so we, we, we sell to not the right person. And that's where that ick factor comes because now we're pushing our product instead of it being a good fit. We the here's the thing we have to communicate. So whether it's communicating on Instagram with everything you're saying and then live with the client or through the DM chats, there has to be a connection with that. So here's, here's the funny thing, Jenna, as I'm talking to you. Nothing's changed in the 40 years, right? Yet everything's changed. Does that make sense? So the, yeah. the humans are humans. We're not going to change how we're delivering and gaining and connecting with information is changing, but the human decision making process and connection with you, whether they want to work with you or work with me, it's human. It, it's a human piece um, of the puzzle. And I think we forget that. And we think that automation can do everything. That's crazy. To me, that's a crazy concept. Maybe because I'm old, right? But to me, not super old, but old enough. I, I just think that the AI is not going to take over the world. I just, I think the human quotient is still super important. I don't know. What do you okay, think? Okay. Well, we have touched on a, a segue into one of my biggest pet peeves at the moment is there is so much content online that's like, get chat GPT to write your content strategy for you. Um, firstly, just so you know, dear listener, I can tell when ChatGPT wrote your content. Maybe it's just me, but soon it won't be. (laughs) I can tell. And it loves the rocket ship emoji. I don't know why, but (laughs) it just loves that. When you tell it to write social content, it always puts the rocket ship emoji. Anyway, here's the thing. If you ask ChatGPT to write you like your content strategy, it's not giving you something that is sustainable and accessible and realistic. If you had a production studio and an endless budget and a team next door, you could hand that list to them. But I work with small business owners, business owners usually in their first one to five years or who have been on, like had a business for a long time, but never touched social media or their own marketing. That's that's who I work with. So if we have a robot write a list, it doesn't know what your strengths are. It doesn't know what your magic is. It doesn't know what your tech skills are at. It doesn't even know what generation of phone you have, right? Absolutely. So we can't expect it to give us something that's realistic. Same with a giant list of caption prompts or like post prompts. I mean, people give these away all the time. I'm sure I've been guilty of it, but you need to do something that's realistic for you. 
Like, how much time do you have to dedicate th- to this in a week? And do you have a ring light? Like, let's start there. Yeah, <laughs> Are you comfortable simple. on camera? Let's start there. If yeah. yes, move this way. If no, move this way. It's it's interesting because everybody and and here's the other thing I think people make it more complicated than it needs to be and here's why and I've just you know this is something you learn through the years if I don't understand it it's got to be complicated that's not always the case it's not complicated you just you haven't been exposed to it that doesn't mean it's complicated and that's why like when I I first did my website to me the website it was a foreign language but then we started getting into it and they're like well do you have a bio I'm like well yeah and do you have yeah. And yeah. So I was like, this isn't so scary. I have all this stuff created already. I just didn't know how to pull it together. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Your zone of genius is your zone of genius. Now, how do we spotlight that? So you just rise above the noise and that's where you come in and help us. Correct. Is that pretty, pretty short and sweet? Yeah, absolutely. And I also only teach the easiest ways to do everything and the fastest ways that I've found to do things. Easy work. It doesn't need to be complicated. Like instead of teaching my my business owners to edit videos and make them all fancy, I show them how to film it in a way that all you need to do is trim the beginning and the end. Like that we can do. We don't need edits and splicing and transitions. Like screw it. If you want to, great. You can grow to that point, but start now. And also the sooner you start, the faster or sooner you have an audience to sell to. So if you're just starting out and you're like, well, what do I do first? It's growth content. Just try and get in front of your ideal client. Choose who your ideal client is and post stuff that that might interest them. That might mean resharing other people's articles. That might mean posting jokes. That might mean posting photos of yourself, whatever. Like anything that'll get you in front of them so that you have their ear. And then we can start getting more strategic from there. But the worst thing to do is not post because yeah. your offer is about to change. Because then the day your offer changes, you don't have anyone to sell to yet. That's when we right. could be building up those leads now. That's right. You got to be making money along the way so that you can do more robust things. But if you start simple and get the momentum going, that's when the magic happens. Because if you have the income coming in, now I can allocate money to to really do some marketing. But if you have no income, you're just saying, I, I can't, I can't afford it. But yeah. the, the, the double-edged sword is you can't afford to not do it, right? Yeah. It's like with sales, you, you can't afford to not get better at sales. Otherwise, you're just going to stay where you are. Yeah. Not even just income. Like I'm even just talking about just content, like just the growth stuff. Even if it, even if you don't have something that can be bringing you income, if you start now, it's free, right? You've got a phone, you've got Instagram. It's literally free. So you can start now attracting that audience. And then ideally, yeah, as you're about to launch that next offer, you're still selling the earlier one and then you can start to feed in and grow exponentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it again, you can, you use the word strategic. I think, I think business owners, we forget, we hear the new shiny toy and oh, I better do that. Oh, I better do that. I better do that. And we're chasing that. We never focus and come up with a real strategy. What should I focus on right here, right now? And then stack, I call it stacking, just building and building and building, but there's gotta be a logical path. Otherwise you have all these, this great pieces of information, but they're not connecting and working together. It's like having a broken car. The wheel came off. Off, right. The wheel came off the bus and we think we're going to keep moving forward because we have these brilliant people on the bus. We're stuck. We can't go anywhere. So I, I think we have to be strategic in how we utilize everything as well as budgets and all those things. We're out of time, my friend, um, everyone. So 
there's so much more to talk about, but here's the deal. Please uh, join Jenna. Her Instagram is Instagram.com slash Jenna, Jen, Jen, uh, Spage. Jenna's, Jenna's, Jenna's page. page. Jenna's page. Yeah, my middle name yeah. is Page. So page. it's a play on words. That's why there's an I in there. Jenny. I love yeah. it. Very cute. Um, <laughs> but I don't worry, guys, because I can't talk. I will put it in the show notes. Website is um, Park. I'm going to let you say it. Yeah, the website is parkdalerepublic.com. That's my agency, and it'll also bring you to my program side of the business. So um, if you want us to run your socials, we can do it. If you want us to teach you how to do it, we can do that too. I love it. And the free gift brings you in. She's got a ton of resources to help you out to get a flavor of who Jenna is. Is she the right vibe for you? Um, and then you could go from there. And I, so the last question, it's kind of off the, off, off the wall here, but park. Dale Republic. What is that where you live? Like what I, I'm just interested in the name. It's fascinating because you're yeah. you know, Jenna. Yeah. So I mean, I made it a million years ago, but Parkdale was my neighborhood. Cool. And Republic is just like, you know, a community of people. And it was also an acronym for PR. And when I started, I was doing PR. And so that's the business. Oh, name. I, love I had to ask because that's why I was like, wait, I don't think I'm saying this right. It didn't, it just didn't resonate with me. So that's why I always ask. Um, because it's interesting. The story behind sometimes can be, and that's the memorable piece. All of a sudden people go, that's freaking cool. Like the page, right? P-A-I-G-E. You did that, that play with your name and the page, like I love, people are going to remember that. So I love I gotta little- be honest, Connie, if I could go back, I would change both of those to things that are easier to say out loud. <laughs> but it, it's a story, sister. It's a story. It's fun. It's you. It's you, right? The, the, the drama. It's you, the, the creator over there. Um, thank you, my friend, for being on and sharing so much in a short period of time. Everybody go to the website, check out the free gift, join, uh, Jenna on Instagram. Again, all of that will be in the show notes. Um, I hope this helps you just generate more sales, certainly. Um, but hopefully it helps us think more strategically on how we could continue to grow our audience so that we can serve bigger, right? If we have this zone of genius, we want to share it with the world. How do we do that? How do we amplify, uh, Jenna's program might be exactly what you're looking for. So thank you again, my friend, for being on. Always, always like spending time with you. Thank you. A true pleasure. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover no matter where you are on changing your sales game, my guests and I, we've got your back. So here's the deal. And I end the show um, all the same. And I know you're all tired of hearing it. Too bad. You're going to hear it again. Information is a beautiful thing. If you do nothing with it, it's just information. Take some of the strategies and the little nuggets that Jenna shared and start to, even if you explore, start by downloading her free gifts um, and checking out the website. To me, that's a good action to take to start to explore if Instagram, social media, maybe that's the missing piece for your business or your career. So Jenna, thank you again uh, for coming on and sharing your zone of genius with us. And thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Changing the Sales Game with me, your host, Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.com. I am truly inspired to have you on this journey and me as your guide for changing your sales game. It truly is an honor. And I love seeing you guys every week. And I hope you always find value. And I hope it helps you move the needle um, to improve your life, whatever that means to you. I love you all. I'll see you next week. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks again. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. 
Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Follow.